Blog Talk Radio. Driving all night, my hands wet on the wheel. It's talking in circles. There's a voice in my head that drives my heel. With your host, Clayton Caldwell. My baby calling till I need you here. And John Harlow. And it's a half past four and I'm shifting gear. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Talking in Circles. I am Clayton Caldwell with John Harlow tonight. And we're discussing all things NASCAR, including the fact, is NASCAR for sale? We're going to talk about that. What would it mean if NASCAR sold? How big of a deal would it be? And what would we like to see if things change? We'll discuss it all and what would happen if this is indeed true. Plus, several penalties were handed down today after this weekend at Dover, including penalties to the second and third place winning uh, uh, second and third place finishing cars in the Cup Series race, and the winning car of the NASCAR Xfinity Series race, which is the bigger penalty, which has the bigger effect, and how will this affect the teams in the future as they move forward, plus the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, and it'll be called the NASCAR Gander Outdoor Truck Series in 2019. We'll talk about that and preview the KC Masterpiece 400 from this weekend's Saturday night race at Kansas Speedway, 917-889-8280. You can call that number at any time, and you can join John Harlow and I here on Talking Circles tonight. But, John, the big news of the week, I wouldn't say news, but the potential news of the week, I guess you can say, is that NASCAR is for sale. According to a couple of reports, one by a sports business journal, rumors are out that NASCAR has is up for sale, there, that, um, you know, the France family could be considering taking buyers for NASCAR. Um, what are your thoughts? You know, one of the things in the report was the fact that if ISC wasn't included in the sale, the sale wouldn't go through. So that's another interesting wrench here. But what do you think this means for the France family looking to sell NASCAR? Um, I think it's interesting. I think I never thought Brian was the right guy to run the show. And we've seen issues over the last few years where attendance is struggling, TV ratings are down, uh, teams are struggling to exist, sponsorship issues are there. Having a title sponsor and keeping a title sponsor is an issue. I think it's right now, it's, and you and I have talked on this show several times, NASCAR's at a crossroads right now. And this TV contract is what's holding the sport up as we speak. It's a matter of what, how they end up doing with it and everything like that. I think the idea of ISC selling, I don't know if it's ISC total or the France stock in ISC, because there's other stockholders in ISC. It's not just the France family that owns ISC total. Um, I can see, I just don't know who's going to buy it. I don't see anybody looking to buy sports leagues. I mean, the last one who did anything was Liberty Media when they bought Formula One. And it was a $4.6 billion uh, price tag. NASCAR ain't going to get $4.61 billion for NASCAR. Um, Formula One is a worldwide operation. It is motorsports across the globe, not just here. It's not that popular here in the United States, but you go to Europe, that's all there is. And you go across, I mean, Formula One is worldwide and everybody worldwide pays attention to it. They ain't getting four point six billion dollars here. It's interesting. I mean, I think 
Absolutely. You look at it and you say a lot of the, you know, even in the article that was that was reported, they're saying that, you know, the sport has been struggling to attract sponsorship, has been struggling to attract fans. And the TV deal has kind of pieced this together. There's no doubt about that and held this together. But that contract's up after 2022, and you have to look in the future, five years, six years down the road. And I think maybe somebody in this sport has. Uh, there's rumors of, of a couple people buying. Marcus Smith one, uh, who is the president of uh, Speedway Motorsports Incorporated, son of Bruton Smith. He was rumored. Uh, they, they missed out on the Carolina Panthers. So maybe they want to buy NASCAR. Um, the other Another potential buyer is Comcast, which owns the which owns Xfinity, which is the uh, title sponsor to the Xfinity series. They might buy out the Fox sponsorship, the Fox TV deal altogether, and put all the races on NBC uh, and NBC Sports Network. That is a long ways away here. Um, but there's a lot to talk about with this, John. We could go on for a while about this. You know, the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, as I said, who? And you know, if it's somebody outside of NASCAR that buys this sport and looks at it and says, okay, I have some great ideas. Here's my, here's my thought on it. Listen, there's no doubt Brian France has, been, has made some moves to make you scratch your head. And I think the biggest, his biggest flaw as the CEO of NASCAR has been that he's been sort of um, not at the racetrack. You know, we've heard several drivers speak to that and say, you know, we'd like to see him at, in the garage area talking and mingling with the teams. I think that's his biggest mistake, um, you know, be part of the sport. His dad was always in the garage area talking to the team owners, talking to the drivers, talking to the team members, and he doesn't seem to be interested in that side at all. And that's a very, very important side to the sport, and I think he's so out of touch with that, um, he's missing a lot of things. So I think it's a major, major problem, and I think that's really hurt this sport. He's done other things. I'm, I don't think – uh, the chartering system has been what everybody thought it was going to be. Even the RTA, the Race Team Alliance, I don't think they uh, thought that this chartering system would be the way it is now. Where you know, there's rumors out there that they're giving away charters. Teams can't, you know, teams aren't even buying them; they just give them away. So um, it's scary as far as they think they have these ideas, and then they turn out to be kind of rotten. And now they're sort of sitting there going, okay, if we can't prove to the TV deal that our, if our ratings continue to slide and our attendance continues to slide, who's going to want to be a part of this? Who's going to really want to pay a lot of money? And uh, whether that's on TV, whether that's on uh, the racetrack side of things, it's very interesting. But I think the one thing we have to keep in mind here, John, is who? Who do you think would buy it? You know, Marcus Smith, Comcast, anybody else out there? I don't know. I mean, you look, Fox has sold half of, I mean, they sold their movie department and everything to Disney. And Disney did not pony up because Disney owns ESPN. And they didn't pony up for the contract this time around. I don't know. I mean, Comcast probably has the money because everybody's got a cable box. And Comcast is most I mean, a good bit of the country, if you look, there's pretty much three big cable companies anymore. It's Comcast, AT&T, and Verizon. I mean, and Cox. Verizon does their thing as well. I don't see Comcast ponying up for it because they just spent a ton load of money to buy NBC. They created NBC Sports Network. They have their cable. But one of the things you look at is there is a big problem when it comes to how this thing operates. I don't see the thing working. I don't see 
anything going on. I don't see um, the thing working the way it's supposed to. I think there's issues going on, and I think there's a major problem when it comes to Comcast uh, as a possibility as a sponsor. Um, you see the idea of Marcus Smith doing it. They're billionaires. They've got it from their tracks and everything, but I don't know how they're going to end up pulling things off to uh, make it work as well as they need to. It's it's an interesting – what's interesting about this is, like I, like you said, you – if it's somebody from outside the sport, it, it makes me concerned a little bit. I, I, in a way, I look at it and I say, well, they might bring some fresh ideas, you know, because what the way we've been doing it here in the last, um, I don't know, 30, 10, 15 years, you know, maybe we need a, a, a new look at it and say, here's how we should try this thing. Uh, but you need a special guy, um, you know, who has to, um, to run this. And I think that's when when you look at this and you say, what is best for NASCAR? And I think what's best for NASCAR is the fact that um, we need somebody in this sport who runs NASCAR, who you sit there and you say, we need a, a, a racer. NASCAR is different than any other it's not like you could just go in there and people go, oh, well, it's baseball. It'll... You need to understand a lot of things to run this sport. It's a lot different. Um, and if Comcast comes in and says, listen, here's how we want to do things, they're going to look out for the best interest of the TV deal, of their own network. Um, and if they bring in somebody who doesn't know what they're doing, it's scary. So my deal is, I think they need to bring in somebody who just really knows this sport. I think NASCAR's, you know, like I said, Brian France, I think his biggest flaw is that he's not in the garage area. I think if he was in the garage area, it would be a a huge, huge deal. Um, it would help him immensely. I think it would help everybody immensely. I think everybody would the, – the conversation as, as far as how to make this sport more entertaining to the fans would be good. But as far as what – we were talking about before with Comcast. A couple of the changes here in the last few years, I think TV's had a significant, significant thin. I think they've had a significant impact. One has been the stages. I think TV really pushed for that. I think they said, we want natural breaks like we see in the NFL, like we see in Major League Baseball, like we see in the NBA, and like we see in hockey where we know when we broadcast a hockey game or an NBA game or an MLB game, we're going to have natural breaks to throw commercial breaks in, and we don't miss any of the action. That's the key. That's the problem with NASCAR is when we go on commercial break and it's green flag, you're going to miss a lot of the action, and the fans get annoyed. Um, so I think TV really pushed for that. Well, we can tell these, these partners we're not going to miss any of the action. We're just going to throw you in, and it's going to work. So I think – um, that has been a major, major uh, push from the TV networks. And that's one thing a lot of the fans, a lot of the old school fans, look at and say, oh, stupid. You know, I like the fact that we used to run 500 miles under green. And I was in that. I was. But I think these stages have changed the game. I still don't like the fact they throw cautions. But I don't mind the fact, I think it would be better if we ran these under green, these stages under green, 
and gave the points that way. Say, listen, when we hit 150, it doesn't matter where we, what, you know, if we're green or, or under caution, the top 10 is going to get points because it makes people race. It makes people race hard. We're in a completely different era than where we were 15 years ago. Cars just don't break down as, as often as they do. Um, the parts are made so well now, and the tr- cars are made so well now, um, but they don't break down as well as they do. So as far as Comcast is concerned, and as I got a little off track there, I think um, the scary part is they're going to do things to make Comcast feel better about themselves. They're going to make things uh, that benefits Comcast and not the fans of NASCAR. And if you're not a fan or, or have never been a fan or – never worked in a sport, it's hard to put yourself in those shoes. You know, it might be more entertaining for NBC and Comcast to say, we want to see the cars go backwards on the racetrack. Turn right instead of left. That might be more entertaining, and that's very drastic, of course. That might be more entertaining, but it's not better racing. It's not what the fans want to see. Um, And again, that's a drastic example, but that's just one of numerous things that might happen uh, or an example of, of something that might happen, um, you know, the changes that, that NBC and, and Xfinity and Comcast would put in there and say, we want to see this. Um, it also makes you wonder about the ARCA purchase a couple of weeks ago. NASCAR announced they purchased ARCA. And it's kind of a curious, it was kind of a curious time considering now that we're hearing NASCAR is up for sale. And it makes you sit there and go, okay, um, maybe they wanted more of, of a piece of the pie. Whoever's going to buy this said, we want a bigger piece of the pie. Um, and, it, and ARCA lets them do that. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine who said, you could sell to these TV networks, so whoever it is that you're trying to sell to, ARCA in a truck series weekend Combined with ARCA, for example, let's say ARCA, one of their premier races is in Salem, at Salem Speedway. Okay, we're not only going to put an ARCA race there, we're going to put a truck race there too. This way, the TV networks can sit there and go, well, we're going to be out broadcasting the trucks anyway because we have to via our TV deal. We might as well broadcast the ARCA race too. And we're not going to have to pay every, several people to go co- cover that race, yada, yada, yada. We can do it live. We can do it on Friday night before the truck race on Saturday. Or we can do it Friday before the truck race or do it Saturday before the truck race on Sunday. We can do all that. We'll be good. It'll be good. And we'll broadcast the ARCA race. And that will give somebody else going, hmm, four series instead of three. You can break them up two and two. Xfinity. I think what we're going to see with the Xfinity series is they're going to outlaw cup drivers even more, maybe even 10 races a year, and have the Xfinity guys run full-time in that series. And then you could sell to your TV network or Comcast or the potential buyer, hey, you get sort of a package deal with Cup and Xfinity and sort of a package deal with, with Trucks and ARCA. Now, we can still have those combined weekends with Truck and Xfinity or Cup and ARCA, but it gives us just more of a bang for your buck. Um, and I think that's something that's huge in there as well. But I, what I don't want to see, again, it's, what's scary about this is you will not have racers running this sport if Comcast buys it. And 
again, I think we need a racer to run it. Um, I hope Comcast and everybody who's looking at it, if there is an outside buyer uh, looking at this, I hope they sit there and they say, hey, um, we need a racer in this. We need somebody who can really tell us what's going on here and hire somebody who can run it for them. I think that's huge. Kevin Harvick's comments yesterday on Happy Hours on Series 6M NASCAR Radio Channel 90 were very interesting. He said, if I was looking at NASCAR and said, all right, I want to own this business and what would I do with it, the first thing I might – there might be a possibility for some downsizing and efficiency that could put into place to save some overhead and really kind of refine everything, hone it in on certain things so you can make those things great. Uh, listen, I understand that, for, but – if ISC, which is the big key in this, if ISC is part of the package of buying NASCAR, I don't think you're going to see any downsizing. I don't think you're going to see um, any of that. Now, if ISC hangs on and says, listen, we're going to be our own separate company and NASCAR itself is going to be sold, then I think you can sit there and go, okay, you can kind of pull some races from ISC, pull some races from SMI, because the same people who are running the sport don't really care about ISC, don't really care about SMI all that much, um, like they do now, where NASCAR has a working relationship very well with ISC. We know that, that Brian France and Lisa France Kennedy are brothers and sisters. Their dad owned both NASCAR and ISC at one time, and they work hand-in-hand. Hand. There's no doubt about that. So um, I think that would – if you want to see NASCAR downsize, I think that would be something very interesting. Um, so, I don't know. I, I think the way you look at that, you say, I think only downsizing works, again, if ISC stays as a separate company. Should be interesting to see what goes on. 917-889-8280, talking about the sale of NASCAR. Penalties from Dover, uh, Camping World Truck Series. We'll change brands, and we'll preview the KC Masterpiece 400 at Kansas Speedway. Saturday night racing this weekend. Again, 917-889-8280 here on Talking in Circles. Clayton Caldwell here with you. A couple of other things to kind of think about here is Brian France's legacy. Um, what will it be? You know, his, his father and his grandfather are in the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Will he be inducted into the NASCAR Hall of Fame? I think it depends on people who, who vote and where this sport goes, you know. I think Brian Francis' legacy has been made yet, has not been made yet. Um, I think 10 years, 15 years down the road, even if he gets out, if they get out, the France family gets out tomorrow, and they say, sale's been complete, we're done, we're out. Something happens five, 10 years down the road, a lot of the stuff he's put in will affect that. Again, the chartering system, which I talked about earlier, I think that's sort of been a little bit of a head-scratcher. A lot of people wanted to see this work. They knew they needed a, a new uh, system in NASCAR for payout. The chartering system hasn't really worked out that way. And we always said on this show, until you make coming to the racetrack affordable again for these car owners, it's not going to happen. Um, Nothing will change, and I'm not sure the chartering system did that. I think the chartering system they thought was going to 
relieve a lot of that, but it really hasn't. And the problem with it is it's not really performance-based. Um, there's not a lot of owners who are willing to throw in there and, and, and throw their money at, at this because it's sort of the same thing. They might be getting a little bit bigger piece of the pie, but not much. Uh, so it's very interesting to look at this sale of the sport and, and what this sport's future looks like. And I was asked, and this is a good question, and I, I think this is a fair question to bring up on this show tonight. I was asked, you know, what would you do if, if you were NASCAR, if you had to make one change? The first change you would do if you were to buy NASCAR. And that's, that's a good one because there's a lot of people out there who feel NASCAR needs to go to more short tracks, and I completely agree with that. That would be a move I would make. But I don't know if it would be the first move I make. And the first move I make kind of ties in with our next point, which I'm going to get to in a little bit, which is penalties. I would open up the rule book. I would. I think the way we have the sport now, and I like the way NASCAR is fair. I like that they're hard. I like that they are not letting one one-thousandth of an inch or one sixteenth-thousandth of an inch where they're supposed to be, and you penalize. I like that. Be stiff. But give these teams more options. Let them move the real spoiler. Let them change some things in the back end of the race car. Say, you can have this, this, and this. But if it's anything different, you're getting penalized. Let them have more options. Bring some ingenuity back to this to this sport. Bring some creativity for these crew chiefs who used to have that. Bring that back. Let them change the front end. Let them, or, or the, you know, what we used to have, the side skirts. Let them do whatever you do, but open up the rule book a little bit. And again, if they go out of tolerance, one sixteenth of an inch, bang them. I'm okay with that, but open it up a little bit. Give the teams more options. Say, you know what? We're tired of, of just having one option and everybody running the same speed. We're going to let it, you guys kind of play with some things and see what works best for your race car, see what works best with your race team, see what works best with your race car driver. And if you can beat that driver on that given day with your setup, with another driver with a completely different setup, to me that's racing. It really is. And I think that is something we need to look at. I think that would be my first move. Talk to some, and I'm not a, a mechanical guy at all. Um, I'm not. You know, I wish I was. I wish I knew more about these race cars. I don't. But I would talk to some major people in the sport and say, okay, what are some cheap things that would really help this sport? I know one would be a spoiler. I'd say, listen, you could have your rear spoiler from this height to this low. Anywhere in between is fine. If you go any higher, by, I don't care if it's one sixteenth of an inch too high, you're getting banged for it. You could have it this low. If it's one sixteenth of an inch too low, you're getting banged for it. That I like. That would be was what I would be with. That would be all for. Um, so, and, and I, you could say, well, it'll take inspection a long time. It really wouldn't. I don't think it would because I think you see different teams with different setups with different ideas and trying some different things and saying, well, maybe this will work with that. Maybe this will work with that. I think it would open up the rule book, and I would ask somebody 
what could I do to open up this rule book to get these rules a little bit different? Um, and, and I'll try and keep it cheap changes, you know, not changes that are, that are crazy expensive for these car owners, but something that's simple and easy that I would put in there and say, okay, that's what I want to see. So I think that's something um, that I would do. What would, what would you guys do? Let me know on Facebook. Let me know on Twitter as far as your changes you would make here to NASCAR if you were to buy it, your first change you'd make. Um, again, there's so much to talk about. I want to hear you guys' thoughts on, on NASCAR, what we do. Who do you think is going to buy NASCAR? Do you think it's a good move? Um, I do think we sort of need to change out of the French regime a little bit. But, again, we have to be careful on who buys this sport. Um, if it's a, somebody outside the sport, I think they need to race it or run it. Um, because I think part of NASCAR's downfall as well is, is there's not a lot of people who are quote-unquote racers in the front office there, and I think that really hurts them a lot. Next on the agenda, penalties from Dover. Post-race penalties from Dover in both the Cup Series and the NASCAR Xfinity Series will start with the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series post-race inspection violations. Daniel Suarez, who finished a career-best third at Dover, uh, was violated with sections 20.4H and 20.481C rear window support and structure and the body. No rear window was not flushed to the deck lid. His crew chief, Scott Graves, has been fined $50,000. His car chief, Todd Brewer, has been suspended for the next two Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series championship points events. So that's this weekend at Kansas and the Coca-Cola 600 at Charlotte Motor Speedway if the team does not appeal. They also will lose 20 driver and owner points, which is big. Uh, Suarez, who's not had a great start to this year, by the way, um, if you look at where he is in points, it's been a real Real struggle for him in the Joe Gibbs Racing number 19 car. Uh, I think Swartz has sort of regressed this year. He had a really good run at Dover. He's had a couple of nice top 10 sprinkled in as well, but he has not had a great year. And uh, when you finish third at Dover, you sit there and you go, okay, maybe he'll find it. Maybe they'll figure it out a little bit. Well, now he loses 20 points, and that really hurts him because after Dover – Daniel Suarez was 17th in the standings, and you sat there and you said, hey, he still might have a chance at the playoffs and point his way in. Yeah, it's not going to be easy, but he has the opportunity to do that. But every point is essential right now. Well, he just lost 20 of them. Um, He now bounces from 234 to 214. He goes from 17th in the standings to 20th, and he's only five points ahead of Paul Menard for 21st. So... Not a, a great day for Daniel Suarez. Um, I think it really hurts their playoff chances because I don't see Suarez winning the race this year. He hasn't run that good. He had a really good run at Dover, and Dover seems to be a really good racetrack for him. But I need to see more from that 19 car if I want to say he's going to go out there and win races this year. Um, so that's a really hurtful penalty for him. He's still growing. I'm not you know, going to throw the book out. I'm not trying to kill Daniel Suarez here. I just think he struggled this year a lot. Um, and he sort of regressed, it seems like, this year. But he's still got a ways to go to prove himself. There's still a lot left in the season. So we'll see if he's able to rebound here um, and, and make the playoffs and prove me wrong. Another penalty that came out of Dover was Clint Boyer. Clint Boyer finished second at Dover. Um, his rear window support, sort of the same penalty. But this time they said 
that uh, Boyer's rear window support braces must be kept must keep the rear window glass rigid in all directions at all times. So what that means is what we saw with Harvick a few weeks ago where it looked like the window sort of bent. Um, Crew Chief Mike Booger Rabbits of the 14 car has been fined $50,000, excuse me. Jerry Cook, the car chief, has been suspended for two races uh, for the next two point races. Again, Kansas and the Coca-Cola 600, and the team has lost 20 driver and owner points. Um, same, same penalty? You can look at that and you say, same penalty. It's really not, though, because Clint Boyer has a victory. He's in the playoffs. No matter what happens, he's in the playoffs. Now, that will hurt him as far as playoff points are concerned because he won't finish as high in the championship standings, and maybe he'll miss out on some playoff points because of that, but it's not nearly as monumental of a penalty for Clint Boyer as it is for Daniel Suarez because of the fact that Boyer's won some races, won a race this year, and Boyer has not, and Suarez has not, excuse me. Um, so that really hurts Suarez, and I think Boyer looks at it, and yeah, it's a little bit disappointing. You're losing your car chief for the next two races, but with the technology we have in this sport, I really don't think that's that big of a deal. Another penalty out of the Cup Series garage, uh, Austin Dillon. If you remember, he had to go to the rear of the field to start the race at Dover because his splitter did not meet rule specifications. Justin Alexander, the crew chief of the three-car, was fined $25,000, and his car chief, Greg Ebert, has been suspended for the next Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series point event, which is Kansas Speedway. Um, uh, again, Dylan's sort of in the same boat as Clint Boyer. He's got a win this year in the Daytona 500. He's locked into the playoffs. So that penalty really doesn't mean a whole lot to him. Um, I think if you look at it and you say, yeah, you know, they'd like to finish higher in points. But I think right now, with that, even with, with the way the three cars running, um, it doesn't matter if he has his car chief or not. I don't think he's going to get into the top ten in points, so he's not going to get extra playoff points, you know, like Suarez might or like Boyer might. So really, um, he, he might drop uh, a few positions because he's missing out on his car chief. But other than that, really – not a big deal. He didn't lose any points, so um, it is what it is for Austin Dillon. He's just got to live with it. Kurt Busch had a lug nut penalty. His crew chief, Billy Scott, was fined $10,000. One lug nut was not properly installed on his number 41 Stuart Haas Racing. Again, crew chief, Billy Scott, fined $10,000. The other penalty, and this is comes over in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, and this was a controversial one. Justin Allgaier, the winner of the race on Saturday at Dover, the Xfinity Series race on Saturday at Dover, his rear suspension, truck trailing arm, and pinion angle shins were not in complete contact with corresponding matting surface. Uh, So his crew chief, Jason Burdett, was fined $25,000 and suspended for the next two Xfinity Series races The team has also lost 25 driver and owner points. Also, he will um, not have those – the win will not count towards the playoffs. He will not gain the valuable playoff points that he would get. So a real, real hurtful penalty for Justin Allgaier. Um, Allgaier and his team claim that um, it happened during the contact with Elliott Sadler at the end of the race, and that's why the car was askew. Not sure how you can prove that. 
Um, I think NASCAR sort of says the same thing. Not sure how he can prove that. So Allgaier loses out on making the playoffs. That's huge for him. Plus, he lost 25 driver and owner points. He dropped from second to fourth. He's tied now with Daniel Hemrick in the point standings for fourth. Um, he get, you know, he gets to keep the win. It looks, you know, it looks good in his record book. It says, hey, I, I get to keep the win. But, uh, you know, not having effective playoffs. And he'll probably win another race. Gets to keep the $100,000 as well for making the dash for cash and for winning the event. Um, so he gets to keep that, which a lot of people think he should lose. But he loses 25 driver and owner points. And his crew chief for the next two Xfinity Series races, which would be Charlotte and the race after Charlotte for the Xfinity Series, um, since they're off this weekend at Kansas Speedway and they're off next weekend uh, as the NASCAR Cup Series moves to the All-Star Race. So a couple weeks for these Xfinity Series guys to sort of get things figured out. Also, post-race penalty for the number three team, which was driven by Jeff Burton this weekend at Dover. Uh, Splitter did not meet rule specifications. Nick Harrison, the crew chief, was fined ten grand. Car chief Michael Skiersey was suspended for the next Xfinity Series point event. Also in the Cup Truck Series, um, Todd Gilliland's team did not have a lug nut properly installed. Crew chief for that team is West Ward. He was fined ten thousand dollars. So that's the penalty wrap up from this weekend at Dover. Um, you know, again, it affects some people more than others. Uh, I think all guys really, really hurts that team. Um, you know, you work so hard to get a win, and when you're in a series that has a lot of cup invaders every week, when you win a, a Xfinity Series-only event, that's huge because you say, now I'm going to win one against the cup guys running a cup equipment every week. Well, now that win's taken away from you for the playoffs. Now, I don't think all guys are going to miss the playoffs. The Xfinity Series playoff field is not that deep this year. We're going to see some teams and some drivers make the, the playoffs this year that we're going to scratch our head and go, really? Um, just like we do every year because I think two, 12 drivers in that series is way too many. Um, so it's not going to affect Allgaier all that much, but he does lose the points that he was supposed to get. Uh, so I think that really – unless Allgaier just goes into a complete tailspin, I think he's going to make the playoffs anyway. So, um, But he does lose the points, and that stinks. So when he loses those points, Harvick was not happy about it when he lost his points earlier in the year. And all guys are not happy about it now. And I don't blame him because we saw what those points did last year for Martin Truex Jr. in the Cup Series. He ran away with the championship, um, you know, and he basically got to Homestead, had a free get-out-of-jail-free card for the first nine races. And that's why you see teams now really focus on the stages, really try and get as many points as they possibly can for the stages um, because they know that uh, it's a – it's very, very, very important. It's more important um, – as the years will go on, we'll see how important they are because, again, you sort of get a buy through the first couple of rounds maybe if you have enough playoff points. 917-889-8280 here talking in circles tonight. Clayton Caldwell with you. By dialing that number, you can discuss anything with me. We can talk about your penalties from Dover. Uh, we can talk about uh, NASCAR up for sale, what that means. Are you excited about that? And then, of course, we have – on other news this week with the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. Um, Marcus Simonis, the owner of Camping World and the owner of Gander Outdoors, announced that they will have a rebranding of that series for 2019. So basically it's the same company staying, but a new brand in place for 2019. Gander Outdoors 
will be the new title sponsor for the NASCAR Truck Series in 2019. It will be the NASCAR Gander Outdoor Truck Series in 2019. Kind of interesting, and it's going to be so hard to not have NASCAR Truck Series because it was NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series, NASCAR Camping World Truck Series for the last decade, and then it's the NASCAR Gander Outdoors Truck Series here in 2019, so we got to get used to that. It's great to see a sponsor step up. Um, I don't think it's that big of a deal to switch brands. It is for Marcus Simonis, and I'm blaming him because he wants to promote that um, that certain brand. I understand that. Um, but as far as racing is concerned and what the NASCAR fan needs to know about it, really not much. Um, you know, Gander Outdoors, great company. Uh, he bought Gander Mountain. I think he changed it up a little bit. Apparently, Gander Outdoors is going to have a Cup Series sponsorship announcement here soon as well down the road. So keep that in mind um, as the season goes along. You'll probably see that announced. So it uh, sounds like Ramona's stepping up a little bit with Gander Outdoors in 2019 and Gander's Outdoor on the uh, Cup side of things as well. This weekend, we're at Kansas Speedway, the KC Masterpiece 400. Uh, Matt Kansas is running his first race. In the number six for Rash Fenner Racing this week. Um, we'll see how that does. You know, Trevor Bain right now sits 29th in the standings after another tough weekend. Uh, at Dover, had a decent weekend. Uh, but he's out of a ride. You know, and he's 29th in the standings. The only full-time driver is Trevor Bain is beating in the point standings of Michael McDowell and Matt Benedetto. That's it. McDowell's had some rotten luck here recently. So has Benedetto. But I'm sorry. I think both of those drivers would expect Trevor Bain in the Rash Fenway car to be ahead of them in points, no matter what the circumstances were. And uh, part of the reason why Bain's out of a ride, Rash isn't really where they need to be. Stenhouse is 16th in the standings right now, hanging in there, and he's, and he's making a case for himself to make the playoffs. But um, Bain out this weekend in the sixth car. I thought there might be a slight chance to see him in the entry list for somebody else, but... There's not. Um, So he's not on the entry list this week at all. So Matt Kenseth in the number six car. Remember, they got a new sponsor aboard with Wyndham Rewards for that Rush Fenway number six. So uh, very interesting deal there with that. I'm curious to see what happens with Matt Kenseth um, and see if, if he does what they think he does, which is really build a notebook with that six car and see if that team can get a little bit better. Um, and, and, you know, if it doesn't, well, then we know it's not Trevor Bain. If it does, you know, maybe it was Bain was part of the problem. Uh, we'll bring you through the entry list here real quick. I'm talking in circles. Um, Landon Castle's in the double zero car. They got announced a new sponsor for that this weekend. Uh, Jimmy McMurray in the one, Brad Kozlowski in the two, of course. Uh, Alliance Truck Parts on Kozlowski's car this week. Uh, Austin Dillon in the three. Simba Court, the sponsor there. Bush Light Ford, Kevin Harvick. We mentioned Matt Kenseth. He's in the six, which is going to be odd to see. Wyndham Rewards on that car for Ash Fenway. Um, Chase Elliott's in the nine for Napa Auto Parts, of course, this week with Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, Eric Amarola, Smithfield Prime on his car this weekend. John Klausmeyer, crew chief over there. Then you got Denny Hamlin, FedEx Freight for Joe Gibbs. Ryan Blaney's got Rev Group this weekend for Team Penske in the third car there. 
Ty Dillon, he's got Twisted T this weekend for Jermaine Racing Chevrolet. Then you got Clint Boyer in the 13, 30 years of the VF1 on the 14 cars. Having a really good year, by the way, Clint Boyer. He should be, you know, as much as people kind of dumped on him the last few years, and I understand uh, the Richmond Spingate thing wasn't a good look for him. I understand that. But right now he sits fourth in the standings with a win. It's pretty good. He's had a really, really nice year. Um, and there's no doubt I think Stuart Haas Racing has been a lot better this year. You know, when you look at where Stuart Haas is in points this year, they're third, fourth, sixth, and 11th with Amarola in that 10 car. Um, and Amarola's with a rookie crew chief um, in his first year with that 10 team. So that's a really good job. Uh, right now, if the season ends today, he'd be in the playoffs. All four Stuart Haas cars would be in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, a, a very good year for them so far. And Clint Boyer has been very, very impressive. Bruce Chastain, he's back in the 15, low T center on that car uh, for premium motorsports. Seems like he's the full-time driver now in that car. No Xfinity Series racing this weekend for him, so he's going to stick straight into the Cup Series here in that number 15 Chevrolet for premium motorsports. Then it's Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Sonny D on the car this week for Ash Fenway. Then you got three back-to-back Jokers racing car, Kyle Busch with M&M's Caramel, Stanley Tools Ford of Daniel, or Stanley Tools Toyota, excuse me, with Daniel Suarez, then the Reese's Toyota with Eric Jones aboard. Then you have the Ford, Menards, Ford of Paul Menard driving for the Wood Brothers, number 21. Joe Lugano and Team Penske is number 22. He's got AAA insurance on a car this week. Greg Galdings in a BK car this week. Um, some news there this week, a little bit, Ron Devine. Basically, it's been confirmed in court that Ron Devine's not running that team. Um, that a banker's running, although Devine sees the racetrack, he claims he doesn't really have a, uh, he's not really managing the team, yada, yada, yada. So just keep your eye out on, on any story about that here um, as the season moves along. you got William Byron, the rookie, Liberty University, in his 24 car for Hendrick Motorsports this week. Then Ryan Newman. Uh, he's in a 31 car. Bass Pro Shops Cabela's on that car this weekend. Can-Am Holy Ford for Go Fast Racing and Matt Benedetto this week. Then it's Michael McDowell. He's got loves travel stops in his number 34 for Motorsports Ford. Chris Busher's in the 37, 2-1 Ice Cream, the sponsor in that car. David Reagan, of course, in the 38 car, MDS Trucking, the sponsorship there. Kurt Busch, Haas Automation Ford. Kyle Larson, number 42, Clover Chevrolet for Chip Ganassi Racing with Felix Sabatis. Then it's Darrell Wallace Jr. He's got Worldwide Technology, a brand-new sponsor on that number 43 Chevrolet this week. Um, debut sponsor for them. They announced a multiple, multiple race deal with them early a couple of weeks ago. So, good looking stuff for the crew chief there as well. So, keep an eye on that team. Uh, looks like the Petty Blue again, number 43 for Bubba Wallace this week. A.J. Almendinger in the 47, Kroger Click List. Chevrolet. Then you got Jimmy Johnson, Lowe's for Pros for Hendrick Motorsports. B.J. McLeod in the 51 for um, Rick Ware Racing. He's at least on the entry list. That could change. You maybe go to Cole Custer. We'll see. Reed Sorensen in the 55. Hera North Kansas City on the car there. Uh, it's Timmy Hill in the 66 Toyota for Motorsports Business Management. Then you got Corey LaJoy in a Schuler Systems 
Chevrolet. And what bad luck he's had in the 72 for TriStar. Like every week, they have a blown engine in that 72 car. Nothing like Jordy's doing. Um, just been bad luck there. The defending champion, of course, Truex in the 78. Five Iron Energy Bass Pro Shops on that car this week. Then it's Bowman Exalta on the 88 this week. For Hendrick Motorsports, Casey Kane, Travis Mack. TW Drywall, sponsorship there. And then rounding up the entry list in the number 99, Chevrolet for Starcom Racing. It's a Starcom 5 or Chevrolet of 1990 Daytona 500 champion, Derek Cope. Cope wrecked last weekend in, in his season debut at Dover. So that's the field. That's the entry list. 39 cars. Nobody's going home. The KC Masterpiece 400. It's going to be an interesting race. I was talking about this earlier. You know, Texas was the last mile and a half track we had. Um, it was a mile and a half track. I'm not trying to say it's not, but it was a different mile and a half track. It's a single groove racetrack, and it's just a little bit different than Kansas. Kansas is a big, wide racetrack. You can run all three lanes there. It's more a lot like, you know, Las Vegas and Atlanta and California. So, We'll see what these teams are really putting in a race car. We'll really see, get a good idea as far as who is a championship contender. Because you're gonna, if you want to be a championship contender, you have to be good on these mile and a half tracks. You cannot struggle on these tracks. And there's no doubt the Chevrolets have been behind. I think they've been working every day, working every hour to get better and better and catch the Fords and Toyotas. Um, have they done that? That will be shown this weekend at Kansas Speedway. I want to thank everybody for listening and talking in circles tonight. We'll be back here Sunday night after the KC Masterpiece 400. Enjoy the race, everybody. If you like the show, like us on Facebook, like us on Twitter. We'll see you next time. Good night.